0: Hello and welcome to the Gen Up podcast. I'm Joni Tomei. I'm a qualified nutritional therapist, personal trainer and eating disorder coach. In this new podcast series, I'll be giving you advice on topics surrounding eating disorders and disordered eating. Each episode is inspired by the kind of questions I get asked all the time by my community. If you want to ask me anything, you can find me on Ask Gen Up on TikTok and on Instagram. Today, I'm going to be talking with Bernie Wright, who is a qualified psychotherapist specializing in eating disorders, and is also a professional trainer providing training for health professionals who work with eating disorders. She is currently working as a clinical director and trainer for the National Center for Eating Disorders. I will be asking Bernie some questions around how best to support someone with an eating disorder. So we will also cover some things around you know, what to say and what not to say to someone in recovery and I'd like to introduce you to Bernie Wright thank you very much for coming on the show
1: hello Jenny my pleasure here here to help as always uh, for a very very worthy cause and well done you for for pushing yourself out there and doing what you're doing um, so ask me as what you, whatever you want,
0: and I would attempt,
1: endeavour to answer the questions to the best, best of my ability.
0: Amazing. No, thanks, Bernie. Um, so our first question is, how can parents best support their child after, di- after a diagnosis uh, of an eating disorder?
1: Um, I suppose the easiest thing to reply to that, Jenny, would be to just realise their child is the same as she was, yes, the diagnosis will hopefully, potentially, although that obviously has gives huge problems. Um, that may give the access to the support that they need. However, however, it's really important that parents don't, you know, treat the child as if, you know, the. the they're the eating disorder and then they're Ben or Jenny or Sophie or Peter or you know the, 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 your child is still your child regardless of what diagnosis they have been given and we have no, to be very careful because yes. you know, you, as it is there's a there's a, especially with anorexia nervosa there is a badge of honor that goes alongside of it and yeah. you know we, we need to get instilled in, into our loved ones that they are more than Uh, an eating disorder and it's more than their identity otherwise it can get you know as as I've worked for many many years in this field and people have turned up to me after seeing five or six other practitioners and they're saying things like oh I am bulimic or I'm anorexic or I'm orthorexic and I always say it's something you are currently doing is actually not who you are which can irritate and make them very angry to be honest but we we have to separate the, the eating disorder from the person In order to make therapy viable going forward,
0: no, of course, no, completely agree with that. That's great advice. Thank you. um I mean, how I see a lot of this. So, how how do parents manage their expectations in terms of recovery? Because a lot of parents, you know, I know, I, I imagine they find it hard and they feel, you know, we they want recovery to happen quickly, but we know that that is just not the case. So, how you know, how best can they manage those expectations?
1: lower them and not is, easy yeah that is a sad <laughs> thing in an ideal world if they get if you get your child into somebody who's experienced and we work at the physiology and you nutritionally know, with someone like yourself and then we begin to to work systematically through recovery you know i you know at the beginning of um, lockdown i had some young people come to me um who were in and out very quickly but it, it was a, they were early in, in um, eating disorder behaviour and it oh. wasn't that embedded. So it was easier to get in and out. But, but it is, you know, recovery from eating disorder is never linear and we need to be patient and in there for the long haul should it turn into that.
0: Yeah, I think that's one of the hardest things that parents do struggle with, especially mm. things like with um, anorexia as well, because well, see, we know that's been going on for a long time. You know, I am mm-hmm. myself obviously having suffered with anorexia in the past, it took me a very long time to mm-hmm. recover.
1: Exactly. It's 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 like it's a minefield and it's not linear. And the anorexic voice, as we know, it's you know very loud, very domineering, and very persuasive. It's the worst partner, the worst relationship you're ever going to find yourself in.
0: I mean, what can parents do? I guess join sort of support groups as well, like. No, parental I think that I think the
1: parents need to, and I, and I hate to say this, Jenny, but it's something about that I always tell people when I'm working with them that it's it's something that they almost need to get almost a degree in something that they would rather have never heard of, you mm. know. And yet it's so vital that if you're a parent with a child or a loved one with an eating problem, that you you find out as much as you can. Of course, Jenny Langley, as we know, Jenny is a brilliant resource. Yeah. And her book um, written for Morsley, Caring for Your Loved Ones with Eating Disorders with Jill Todd and Caring for a Loved One with an Eating Disorder, the new Morsley skill-based training manual. And that's actually, you need to buy the work book, not the book itself, but the work book.
0: Okay. Yeah. And Jenny Langley is great. It provides so much support for parents out there. It's amazing oh. work she does.
1: Absolutely. So any parent, you know, so if you can get on her caring course, it's fantastic. It's by donation. Um, and if you can, if you do her support groups, she used to do the once a fortnight, uh, once a month uh, until recently because of the pan- para- pandemic, we have been doing it, you know, she's been doing it uh, once c- a couple of times a month. But you've been on it, Jenny, and I tend to yes. talk in and out. They are really excellent.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, they are brilliant. I don't know. Great. Thanks for that. Um, Another question we here, so I get a lot of questions on, like, my uh, TikTok account, so how, how how do you help a friend who is suffering from an eating disorder? There's a question they get asked quite a bit on there. What's your advice there?
1: To learn how to deal with it, with, to, to, once again, to know, to know what not to say. You know, if, if you say to as your friends, as a, as a friend is gaining health, not Mm. to be saying things like oh my god you're looking so much better of course they're hearing it as you are looking so much fatter you are looking huge you're looking like a you're looking like a you know ginormous person so it's the language they use and language to, to never ever ever never ever talk about how they're presenting you know body wise so I may say to clients oh my goodness your skin is looking so much better your eyes are shining you're back with me um, okay. I never comment on people's, you know, or, and if people start saying, say, well, yeah, it's my best friend, it's this, it's, you know, I will always say things like, well, wow, I can hear that it's your best friend. And yet and yet you're in total torment and you're depressed and you can't sleep, what sense do you make of that? And I would probably say to all parents and anybody who works in this field is, you know, once, and I've done it myself, you know, my supervisees, we often have a laugh about this. It's a case of how we, through fear, have often turned into like the judge and jury. One of my supervisees Mm. said actually training last week, you know, I have actually felt like the judge you know, fighting, fighting, fighting. And, and I'm like, I'm the defendant in the course, you know, in the, in the court. Yeah. But you, you can't, you lose it. You know, as soon as you get into that, yes, but, yes, but, and that this, this is a fact, and you start giving facts and, and you try to reason with, with what is clearly, un, uh, and, and, uh, it's unachievable to reason with the voice of anorexia nervosa. So you have to find other ways in, you have to become a master at doing that.
0: No, yeah, I completely agree. So, when you know, obviously, we've got to be careful to someone in recovery. What, what, what sort of things should we avoid saying to someone in recovery? Obviously, commenting on appearance, any sort of anything else, we should avoid saying.
1: Um, or reasoning, well, you know, but you look how unhappy you are. Or for goodness' sake, you know, um, you know, you've yeah. lost all your friends. Look how thin you are. Look how you know you're, you're, you look like you're going to snap. You know, that's nectar for an addict thank you very much you've given me a compliment you know so it's it's been it's been very careful of what we say how we say it and the voice we say it I mean the the, the eating disorder is judging them enough it's ranting at them so so they have to hear us in a different way
0: no yeah I completely agree so what things can we say to a friend like that's going to be supportive to someone in recovery what 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 gives uh, some examples what do you
1: think what, we can say? What can I do? What helps? Yeah. You look, you know, you sound you, you sound like you, you're looking at, as if the voice is very loud today. What can I do to support you to turn the noise down? Should we go for a walk? Do you fancy you know, find out what your friend wants to do, distract them? Delay and detract, distract, you know, find things that they want to do, hobbies they like. But, you know, the person is still there. Um and to yeah. To have almost like a Teflon coat, they will be very angry. And, you know, and it, it, and it often, it's it's it just, oh, well, that's got rid of her then, you know. Um, and they, there's, a, there's a level of, because it's like having an eating disorder is like looking at life through a straw. And the the, 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 the the more it takes over you, the more it takes over you, the smaller your world becomes until you're just a pin prick on a piece of paper. And, you know, and it's very tempting to, for your friends to disappear because they've had enough
0: yeah
1: enough of the secrecy and the cancellations of nights out and, and I think it's patience because it's not the it's not your friend that's cancelling it's not your friend yeah. that's being rude and aggressive and sad and not fun is that you know we haven't been in a friendship with a, someone who's going through the as you know yourself journey go, go you know having a friend who's in the grips of eating disorder it's mm. you know it's it's not for the faint-hearted I mean, working as a therapist in this field is not for the faint-hearted. No, so no, still, of
0: yeah.
1: course.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely, I did lose a lot of friends that they didn't really understand. So I think mm-hmm. it's really good for, obviously, you know, friends to understand what they're going through and knowing it's not them. It's, you know, it's it takes time and being persistent and just knowing that they don't mean it. Because obviously I used to snap quite a lot. I was like, mm-hmm. a, I was like a dragon. <laughs> 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 You, you know so and I remember being like that
1: uh, yeah and it seems, it, it seems so right though in that moment it seems that that's the only way, voice you've got it that's you know that's the only thing you have left
0: yeah no definitely what um, what about um you know like parents is it, it the same sort of things to say to someone what not to say and what to say would it be the same for them as well what not to say
1: and 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 to remember that fit to all parents i think the most useful thing we can say to parents is fear is not a motivator so mm-hmm. you're shouting at your child that they're going to die of an eating disorder or they're going to the heart will give up or they're you know or, they, or the or the vital organs are going to stop working. yes that is a reality you know and it's yeah. a bigger, it's the biggest you know it's it's, it's biggest uh, psychiatric killer is anorexia nervosa and yet and yet, A, it's not a motivator. And, you know, I've been working this job for years, as have so many of my supervisees, and Diana Jade, who's actually principal, as you know, at the National center of Disorder. Yes, people do die. And yet, I haven't worked with anyone who has. Touch wood.
0: That's good to know.
1: <laughs> and so, so it's something about, you know, just... And, and for parents to... Not be afraid, or I mean, it's like not to be walking on those eggshells. So, when they're young, especially like 13, 14, 15, you know, food is non negotiable. They will eat, whether they stand on their head, whether they whether, whether yeah. they can choose what they've what, what utensils they use. You know, you can have them supportive in the, in the, in the, in the actual planning of what they're going to eat. And fundamentally, also, they, they, they the kitchen has to become yours again. You know, because if you're a parent with a child who's got eating disorder you may have given your kitchen up six months a year beforehand.
0: It's yeah. regaining
1: your kitchen for your, the sake of your child.
0: Yeah, I guess, you know, obviously with parents, they must, you know, they'll be extremely worried and other, yes. you know, it's hard to, like, not think the worst. Um, mm. And being able to obviously, you know, have other people they can talk to, which is why support groups, you know, are really essential with what Jenny Langley's put on and everything um yeah no great thank you um what about and, and, and
1: before I start, Janet, and to, to remember fine. that when people do get seriously ill it is when their body mass index has has gone significantly low yeah so most of the people that myself my supervisors work with you know yep of course you know it can escalate and it can go down with sparring very quickly and yet even the client I've got in hospital at the moment was a, went in with a body mass index of 12. You know, she will live.
0: She yeah. will live. No, it's, it's, it's good. I think we all need to hear that, Bernie. So thank you. <laughs>
1: um, this, time, about... this time, and if I just want to also say that yeah. the first time when you're in hospital with anorexia nervosa, it's normally not fatal. Um, it becomes, as, as you become a revolving door patient, the the risks of um, things Um, being long terminal uh, do increase as time goes on. So I'm not minimising it, you know, it is a a significant um, killer.
0: Of course. Thank you. Uh, One question here we have is um, how, you know, in a school setting, how do teachers help support a student in recovery from an eating disorder? What advice would you have for teachers? Obviously, we're unfortunately are seeing a rise in eating disorder and disordered eating within schools. Um, so, how do teachers support students? To be
1: aware, um, I think it's the duty of every school to actually make sure that the teachers are aware of the signs. You know that the child who is is increasingly looking more and more exhausted. Who you know to get sort of almost like a holistic care of, you know, watching the child. You know, keeping a third eye. And I know that schools are phenomenally busy but the child who's never seen eating or spends a yeah. time pushing the food around her plate or jumps up as soon as she's eaten to go to the toilet. Yeah. Or getting increasingly, increasingly, increasingly tired and exhausted and brings lunches in that are never eaten. And, and behaviour, you know, if you see a child continually, continually going back to get more food, you know, that, that, you know, obviously we're, we're talking about overeating and undereating because we you know, binge eating disorder is the, the, the biggest eating disorder we're going to have. Um, and that's mm. what people do tend to forget. Anorexia is um, is is horrible, horrible. And yet it's the binge eating that we will. That's most of who will be presenting to us Jenny and we also need yeah. to remember that, um, that it's people you know atypical anorexics it, anorexics um, often are in normal bodies or larger bodies yes so the schools not to assume and that's that that seems to be a, something that I've struggled for people to actually take on board is that you know it's not the skeletons that end up mostly with people like myself. The skeleton people who w- will end up with a body mass index at 12, 13 in the hospital, yeah. Mm. Um, they are seriously at the end of, you know, at th- th- the end unless they get some significant um, input, both psychiatric and, you know, and, and physically. However, it, the people could be walking around a body mass index between 20, 25 and above. So yeah. never assume, never assume
0: that's education though isn't it that, absolutely that goes in
1: absolutely. there
0: which is 100% I'd like to obviously you know do in school help educating teachers around that as well um, and, and
1: teachers please not to talk about their own weight and shape yes
0: you know, that,
1: that I'm you know that astonishes me Jenny how many schools that happens in
0: you okay. know,
1: or a teacher that's restricting, or a teacher that's a vegetarian. You know, that's absolutely yeah. okay if a teacher decides to be a vegetarian by her own choice. That's perfect, but not to start discussing her 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 her, her eating habits with her students. And it, it it does happen far more than we'd like, especially okay. in
0: No, that's a really important point to make. Actually, avoiding things like diet talk or going on a diet or losing exactly. weight. Okay. Mm yeah I mean another question that this has come to mind this is that I see what your opinion is on this uh what about um students that are well, I've heard that students are sort of being made to eat in front of their teachers so they're being monitored um to eat especially like at lunch times do, oh. do you have an opinion on that at all do you what, what's your do you agree with that or
1: I've got lots of opinions on everything Jenny um <laughs> And it's um, it's it is sometimes absolutely essential. You okay. know, um, I think it's awful that, that we get to the situation where we've got um, to, to to sit and eat with someone and make sure they're eating. And that's, you know, ideally, it would be hopefully that they may be able to go home for lunch if they were near enough. So if, if, mm. I mean, if, if 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 parents work for goodness' sake, you say. It, 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 I'm, I'm talking in an ideal world, but yeah, but uh, because given the choice, someone who's in the throes of anorexia nervosa will not eat given a choice.
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, a student might feel quite pressured in that environment. So sort of, would you recommend? would you would you recommend the teacher eat with the student though to help you know promote like do it with the students and yeah. so they feel like oh okay, it's normal to eat we're gonna yeah. eat
1: lunch yeah I mean, here's my lunch here's your lunch you know and okay. I, in the past i have i have eaten with with you know with with clients um, yeah. In front of me, they'll bring their lunch and ask if there was mine, or you know, or, or if I'm actually working very yeah. much for the anxiety, then it's more important that I just stay there to to do whatever I need to do to to bring the levels of anxiety down for them. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's, but it, it's a but I, I, I think when we've got the stage that they are having to be sapped with people with a teacher, then mm, we are probably talking significant, they're getting that there's a significant concern medically and psychologically i I would say okay and of course you know and of course the schools need to be involved you know we're not going to get an anorexia nervosa okay by refeeding you know obviously the first thing we do is is dietary chaos with any eating disorder and feed the brain Mm -hmm. however 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 we need to work out what is going on. The mistake the schools will be talking about is asking the client, how do you feel? What are you feeling? How are you feeling? You look, you look sad, you look, no, they don't know how they're feeling. So, yeah. so our, our job to begin with is, 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 you know, leave leave the work of uh, the feelings for the therapeutic world to deal with, but in the interim just work with supporting them to be calm, relaxed, Breathing, breathe in, breathe out, yeah, J- just and uh, distract them as they're doing it. They might need to listen to music, they might need to see... so you know I would probably you know want to support the teachers to support the student mm-hmm. as they sat down and started to eat because that's when the anxiety yeah. is at its peak. and then when they finish eating to support them with that uh, they the, how they're going to cope as they're imagining that they're just growing into the size of a house because they've eaten a meal there's a lot yeah. going on we well yeah there's there's
0: definitely lots going on there's education needed around that how to support the anxiety around that those thoughts that will be going on after they finish that meal yeah um there's a lot more support to be had there <laughs> absolutely
1: i couldn't bring more jenny couldn't bring um,
0: no thank you that's very insightful and i'm sure a lot of you know teachers who will be listening to this will find that very useful um yeah. And, 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 um, and in listen, the same yes. way
1: that the teachers must not talk about their own food, weight and shape in yeah. any form, it's also we need to educate the parents. It's not OK for them to talk about their own shape. It's not OK for parents or loved ones to talk about the fact they're going to go on another diet. Yeah. It's not OK for them to talk about they feel fat. Do I look fat in this dress? You know, I've gone up a size. I'm going to a wedding, mm-hmm. so I'm not going to eat. You know, we have got a real um, task in society to change oh, the processing yeah
0: that's a massive task. I mean obviously yeah. during we really during covid all mm. the I saw that was marketed was you know everything around weight loss and, and you know, losing weight and fitness uh, exactly um, yeah Yes. um so I feel it's got an even bigger we've got an mm. even bigger task on our hands really
1: <laughs> exactly coming out of coming out of uh covid we're still in it um Has created so much anxiety so much fear so 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 much of and eating disorders as we know have absolutely escalated beyond any i mean we were you know we we must be clear though jenny we were always coming here we were always we were always arriving Mm. at this we never had the resources we didn't have the knowledge we'd have the expertise the great Mm. thing about the pandemic is that we have you know i have taught hundreds and hundreds of people to work in this field now as as Deanna and Jane, they've just it's just escalated with, with way beyond anything we yeah. ever thought before. So yeah, so that would be one of the great things that people now are beginning to get willing, ready, and able to work within this field. But we need we need education, knowledge, expertise, yeah. and yeah. we need to move forward with less fear. Schools need to stop being so scared.
0: Yes. Yeah, no, definitely. It's just being able to, you know, if there is a problem in the school, so actually, that's OK. We need to do what's the best thing. What, what can we do to best support our students?
1: Not to panic. Um, okay. not to panic. <laughs> and, and, and so, you know, and then they say, well, you can't go back to school unless you're body mass index or unless you weigh X. Well, hey, going forward, there must be a better way we can do this. Yeah, it, keep, no, that's... It, keep, it keeps the students all the students I've worked with with a total obsession that they will we, they will reach that to stay in school but they sure as hell won't move for, further forward so that's mm-hmm. a whole nother discussion about how we'll cope with that journey going forward in in this world
0: no definitely and what about sort of obviously I've seen a lot of anxiety I see a lot of, I get a lot of comments on my tiktok account a lot of people suffering anxiety young people in school how how would a, how would the best sort of a teacher support you know someone with anxiety a student with anxiety but like how what's the first line approach for that what would it be a strategy for you on that
1: to make sure they know how to do their own anxiety first okay and the more they know about working with their own anxiety and mm. how they can help their students and and learning doing I think schools would they need to do the breathing techniques yeah Um, I do a lot of it on my with my work I agree um, so it's really important
0: yeah no definitely with someone who has suffered with anxiety and still sometimes do I find that the breathing helps me a lot or um, hypnotherapy actually funnily enough
1: (laughs) yep or emotional freedom technique, which is absolutely brilliant. There's so much we can do, um, but we need need to be actively doing it. You know, even though I'm very anxious, (sighs) we think there's so many things we can do.
0: No, brilliant. Um, We have one last question here, my favorite one. I love this word. How can we show more empathy to someone in recovery? I feel like empathy is something that we all need a lot more of.
1: <laughs> yeah. I think it's something about putting yourself in their shoes. Okay. And you know, I think that if you if you can just um take even on board just a tiny tiny section of the pain and the anguish is it I mean people suffering this way it's a total um it's the only way they can express their internalized huge psychic pain. And it is so painful. So I always say to people, just it's walking. Look at their feet. Walk in their shoes, and imagine the hell that they're living through, and then just stand alongside them. You know, at, you know, as 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 and walk with them, not against them.
0: Definitely, and that's what empathy is about, isn't it? It's dealing yeah. with people.
1: Exactly, exactly, hundred percent. You just need to. It's, it's it's a you know I feel incredibly empathic towards people who suffer in this way because it's it's you wouldn't you know as a parent you wouldn't you wouldn't wish it on any parent and you certainly wouldn't wish it on anybody's child or loved ones it's uh, and yet and yet and yet and yet recovery is so possible so achievable
0: definitely recovery is possible we end on that positive note and and
1: and for all parents just hold on to hope hold on to hope because chain and teachers because people do recover and they do move through it
0: right definitely okay is that (laughs) is that that, that all you need anything else you want from me no thank you ever so much bernie that was my pleasure thank you very much (laughs) good to see you look after (laughs) yourselves Here's a couple of points that stood out from our conversation with Bernie Wright. Parents, hold on to hope. People can and do recover from an eating disorder. Empathy is feeling with people. Avoid talking about shape and weight with someone in recovery from an eating disorder plus any form of diet talk, as this may be very triggering for someone in recovery from an eating disorder. Patience is key for a loved one in recovery from an eating disorder. It takes time, but just keep telling yourself that recovery is possible. Avoid making comments about appearance with someone in recovery from an eating disorder teachers look out for the early signs of an eating disorder within a student for example do they seem distant are they skipping meals are they disappearing to the bathroom at meal times thank you so much for listening to the gen up podcast i've been your host jenny comey you can find me on tiktok and on instagram at askgenup and on my website at genup.com if you visit my website you'll find lots of different resources available there please like subscribe and share